Welcome to the Net Group Investments podcast channel, a collection of conversations where we share a variety of views and insights that investors care about. From market updates and investment fundamentals to investor behavior and even the latest book recommendations, this is a space to stay informed and interested in your financial world. Welcome back to another Ned Group Investments Investments Insight podcast. My name is Doug Nickel. I'm one of the investment analysts on the Best of Breed team. And today I'm joined by Ray Wallace from Tuquansa Asset Management, who has a vast amount of experience in fixed income uh, funds. Um, and really, I think he's going to be touching on some very interesting uh, topics today. We're going to look at credit spreads. We're going to look at uh, short-term interest rates. We're going to look at the Saab outlook. And then maybe just discuss liquidity in the economy. But before I kick that off, I just wanted to give Ray the opportunity just to talk about Sequanza Asset Management quickly and how they add value in this short-term money market space. Morning, Doug. Good to be here. Yeah, so Tequanta has been around for, for many years. We've been in this space for a long time. And we've really, since the beginning, had one main strategy when it comes to managing fixed income. And what we try and do is not to try and take uh, crazy credit bets or try and predict where interest rates are going to go. We've had a, a strategy of trying to extract the liquidity risk premium over many years. So what you try and do there is to buy longer dated assets that give you a spread above where the cash benchmarks are. And what you're trying to do is find quality assets to make sure that you don't you know, make any losses. So we're not, we generally invested in banks and very high quality corporates. Uh, we're not trying to uh, you know, be clever and, and, and take you know, unnecessary bets around that. But what we're trying to do is give you a stable return above where cash benchmarks are. So if you look at our performance over the last sort of 20 years, you'll see that we've been able to generate in excess of 100 basis points over the Steffi Composite, which is the benchmark that we use for the fund. In the shorter dated space, the money market funds have a slightly uh, easier benchmark. They use Steffi Call, and the similar thing applies. But the principle is the same. We try and get longer dated assets and manage the liquidity around those rather than trying to uh, take credit bets or try and predict where interest rates are. So you'll see most of the assets in the funds have always been floating rate of nature and we don't take uh, interest rate bets in those. So short dated rates or short rates are a very key component to driving money market returns. And although you don't predict where they're going, there has been a lot of pressure on the Saab to raise rates. Can you just give us your view in terms of how much the Saab might increase rates by in the next year or two? So the Saab is in a difficult position because obviously the economy is, you know, down and out. The last thing they really want to do is to raise interest rates. But you've seen inflation come through quite dramatically. I think the last PPI print was now just over 13%. So clearly there's a lot of inflationary pressure coming through from the RAND, from the oil price, and from food prices uh, to do with, you know, the, the, a number of events, including the war in, in Ukraine. So the Saab is being pushed into a position where they have no choice but to put interest rates up. And over and above that, you've got a situation in, in the US where the Fed is increasing rates at an alarming rate. And from a South African point of view or any emerging market point of view, you really have to keep up with that. So the Saab really doesn't have any choice but to kind of keep pace with what the US is doing. To, to push interest rates up that if they don't, what's going to happen is the RAND will weaken dramatically and then you'll just have further inflation coming through, which will mean that they're going to have, put, have to put up interest rates anyway. So they kind of don't really have a choice in the matter. And it's going to be probably continuing at the pace at which the US continues. Um, you know, 
give or take, you know, a few 50 basis points. So although you might not put a number on it, you definitely think there's pressure in the short term for the Saab to raise rates. The question I want to ask you is, do you think that the Saab will be able to raise rates to such an extent that they keep the real return, so that's the interest rate minus inflation, positive? Well, I think we're getting there already. So if you're saying that, you know, inflation is around about 5.9%, the the rates that they're predicting, and if you look at the, the forward rate curve, the rate at which they're going to be increasing the rates should be able to get to the point where we have a real interest rate. And, you know, if you look at the US, they've had negative interest rates or flat interest rates for a very long time. So increasing it now to catch up with inflation, they've got a much bigger job on their hands to be able to do that. Whereas we're actually closer, our interest rates are closer to where um, inflation is. So it's less of a chance, but still, you're still looking at a 150 to 200 basis points in that. But nevertheless, even if they achieve a real interest rate in South Africa, if the US continues increasing rates, we will have to still keep up with that to protect the rand. So we haven't really got a choice in that matter. I want to turn our attention to liquidity. When we spoke last, uh, you know, you mentioned that the economy was awash with liquidity. And, and to an extent, that was largely a global phenomenon. Um, you know, the Fed hadn't quite started raising rates or embarking on its quantitative tightening program. We now see the Fed is turning around on that story. We've seen them raising rates. We've seen a lot of talk about tapering back on some of the liquidity expansion through quantitative easing. Is South Africa still awash with liquidity? Um, are you starting to see liquidity dry up? No, we've seen it a little bit, and liquidity issues since COVID have, have certainly got better, but there is still a heck of a lot of money in the system. So you're still finding that asset managers are chasing yields. So any new issuances that come out you know, are well bid for. Bank spreads have started to widen, which is why we are noticing that the liquidity situation is getting better. But you still have a problem. The Reserve Bank tries to keep a reasonable shortage in the system, and they're battling. They've been battling to do that for quite a while, and they're even looking at putting reforms in place to change the policy of not having um, a money market shortage in the system, changing it to a, a surplus situation. And that will have effect on interest rates coming, you know, going forward as well. But generally, you know, the liquidity position at the moment still is over liquid uh, and we really need the economy to pick up for that liquidity to be soaked up by corporates using money on, on projects and on spending money in, in the economy. And that's not happening. So, you know, we might see a small improvement coming forward, but it's still not anywhere near where it should be. And that impact must be coming through in some of the, um, you know, I guess the, the spreads that you are seeing on corporate spreads. So you're not seeing issuance through a number of corporates, but to a large extent, you guys are lending to banks. Have you seen small increases in spreads and are you, are you starting to add a bit more, I guess, um, duration into your portfolio? Yeah, absolutely. So now that we're starting to see the bank spreads starting to come through. Look, a, lot, a number of the banks have got big maturities coming up this year, so they need to reissue. And we've seen on the reissuances coming through that some of the spreads have picked up. So at the worst part of the crisis in COVID, we were looking at five-year spreads at around about Java plus 70-something. They're now at about Java plus 130. So there's been a massive improvement from that perspective. But that was at the worst possible scenario. But Java plus 130 in the five-year is, in our view, still, there's still a way to go. I mean, it's getting better. So we are starting to invest further out along the curve, back to what we normally used to do was to buy longer dated assets and manage the liquidity. And that's kind of like where we're going now. So that's why we, we expect the, the yield in the fund to be picking up 
uh, quite nicely, not only from the interest rate increases, and you know, for instance, we've still got the the full fifty basis points uh, yield pickup to kick through into the fund because that fifty basis points only reflects as and when the instruments in the fund reprice, and that generally is within a three month period. But not only that, you, now you've got us buying new assets at higher spreads, so that the yield should pick up at an even a faster pace than that. So we see nice growth in the yield in, in, in the fund you know, over the next few months. It should pick up very nicely. And we're at, you know, the fund is yielding at about 5.5% at the moment. And with that other 50 basis coming through at, at 6%, you're in the situation where already you're getting a real yield on on the fund versus inflation. And that's, you know, that's a very good... Is that on the money market fund? That's on the core income fund. Core income fund. Money market funds are slightly lower. And look, there's not a heck of a lot of difference between the money market funds and the core income fund at the moment. And that's just really a, a function of the fact that the, the Saab is increasing rates at, at such a pace. It will clear through fairly quickly and then obviously the core income fund will, will outpace the money market fund substantially again. And the fact that we're buying longer dated assets will increase that divergence in the yields on those. So, you know, the core income fund is still a good place to be uh, for a longer term holding. So certainly we're seeing spreads starting to look a little bit more attractive up the curve. We're starting to see, obviously, the Saab increasing rates. So he's getting that reset on floating rate notes coming through. So there's a lot of positivity, I guess, from a yield perspective on these funds, which is likely to come through over the next three to six months. And then you've obviously got further hikes that are, are, are being priced in by the market as well, which would also lead to an increase in rates. Yeah. So, I mean, if you look, I mean, if you looked at it now at five and a half percent plus, we expect another plus the 50 that hasn't come through yet. So it's six plus about another 150 to 200 basis points. You're looking at about you know, around about 8%, including some of the the longer dated increase in spreads and stuff. So at 8% and inflation at maybe 6%, 5.96%, you know, then you then then cash is, is not sounding like a bad place to be. And that's another question. We do have some retail investors that do listen into this podcast and they might be approached by banks at the moment to go into fixed rate, fixed deposits. What would be your caution to them or what would be your, not not advice, we're not allowed to give advice, but what would be your recommendation to them when they are considering a fixed deposit investment? Yeah, so, I mean, there's reasons why people would want to hold a fixed rate deposit. You know, if you're doing something for yield only, you've got to be careful around what are the other requirements you have. So liquidity is a massive requirement. If you put money into a five-year fixed deposit and you're getting 8%, for instance, then you, your money's tied in there for a, you know, for an entire five years. Whereas if these interest rates had come through over the next period, you know, and as I mentioned before, you get the fund yield will probably move up over time to around about 8% in the next kind of year or so uh, with these interest rates that are coming through. Then you would be earning the same in the fund with daily liquidity that you would be earning in a five-year fixed deposit. Your money would still be stuck in that fund for another four years, you know, earning that rate. And if interest rates go up further beyond that, then you're not going to benefit from that, you know. So it really is, you know, if you have money and you, you're happy with an 8% rate, then and you're willing to stick it away for five years, but there's not a lot of people who can afford to do that. You know what I mean? A lot of people in the fund are really need that liquidity and need to be able to access their money over time. And so from our perspective, the the fund yields will catch up to those, you know, longer dated yields. In the one-year space, you're looking at about six, just over 6% for a, a one-year fixed deposit. I mean, some banks might pay more, some less. But again, you know, just with the, the interest rate that hasn't even filtered through to the system, you're already at 6% in the core income fund. So, you know, and there you've you got daily liquidity as opposed to a one-year lock-in. 
Thanks very much for your time today, Ray. It's, it's been a whirlwind tour around money market funds, and certainly there's a positive outlook uh, for short-dated fixed-income assets. That's all we have time for today. We do hope that you've enjoyed listening to us and have found this information useful. If you do want more information about the funds, please feel free to visit the Ned Group Investments website, where we do have a lot of information uh, pertaining to the funds. Thanks very much for your time. All the best. Bye-bye. Ned Group Collective Investments is an authorised Collective Investments Scheme Manager in terms of the Collective Investments Schemes Control Act. Ned Group Investments does not provide advice on financial products and will only give you factual information. For further details on our funds and to view our terms and conditions, please visit nedgroupinvestments.co.za. Ned Group Investments. See money differently.